All right, so I got a problem. The problem is I need more reviews for the podcast on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And the solution I came up with is I'm going to give away a free 10-minute Zoom call randomly to people who go ahead and leave a review on either Apple Podcast or Spotify, and I'll randomly select someone every single week. So I'll be giving away one of these calls every single week. No idea how long I'll run this for. But guys, please, if you've enjoyed this podcast at all, head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcast, leave a review, and then you've got to screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk so I know who to hit up so we can schedule that 10-minute Zoom call where you can ask me any questions about your business, the industry, whatever it is you want. I'm all yours for 10 minutes. Please head on over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave that review, send me the screenshot DM, and I will talk with you hopefully very fucking soon. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. This one's going to be a gym real estate company focused. A lot of you guys know the retirement story, and I formed the Gym Real Estate Company. We help gym owners lease and buy buildings. Um, I've been relatively quiet on that front, mainly because, I'm not going to lie, the amount of fucking coursework and bullshit you have to take in the state of North Carolina to get your real estate license is just absolutely obnoxious. So that was uh, way more time consuming than I had originally planned. And um, and honestly, these de- like the thing with real estate deals, they take a long time to put together. So I, I don't even have any completed ones as case studies for you guys. Um, like the average commercial real estate deal is not in, you know, it's not weeks and it's not in just like a month or two months. It is multiple, multiple, multiple months. And then if you're going big, like buying or things like that, you're talking years, um, year, and when I say years, like planning and then execution. But uh, I did want to talk about something because I've been having, I'm literally driving right now. I have a client uh, who's opened up a studio in the southern part of Charlotte, and I'm headed there right now for a showing. But it made me think about something. Um, I get on calls with people through the Jim Real Estate Company that want to talk about ownership. And when we look at the financials part of it, and they've had conversations with a local lender and things like that, it may not be the most feasible thing for them to undertake themselves. Sometimes they can pull it off, but God damn, is it going to be tight? Like it's going to be extremely tight. And so I bring up to them, I say, well, are you opposed to having a business partner in the real estate company? And most of the time I get an answer. It's like, you know what? I want to own this thing. I want to own it full out, right? I don't, I don't want to have a partner. I've heard a lot of, you know, I know a lot of people who've had businesses that had partnerships that just went south and it, you know, or maybe they had a partnership in the gym and it just ended poorly. And I'm here to tell you that short of you being able to bankroll it yourself, right? The bank has looked at you, they will approve this loan with just you and your income and your savings and your, you know, uh, debt coverage ratio and all that shit. If that is you, then proceed. Go for it. If you want to mitigate some risk, if you need the economic assistance, or you simply maybe have so you know someone, a member or a colleague or somebody who has maybe done some level of real estate. Maybe they did residential, maybe they've you know been a property manager before, someone who would be a strategic partner. Because remember, there's three reasons to partner with somebody. You need their cash, you need a skill set that they have that you don't. 
you need their strategic relations with somebody or some entity that you don't have to get the business up and going. All right, those are the three reasons to partner. Um, in the real estate side, I'm, I'm here to tell you the partnership is not one that you need to be worried about. There is very, very few things to have severe partnership issues on. The hardest part of having a partner in real estate, and I know I have one, is in the beginning. When you guys are formulating your SOA, your standard operating agreement, this is the document that's gonna talk about what is the ownership split, not only in equity, but in managerial. What is the, the guardrails in which you guys would sell the property? Especially for those of you guys that are going SBA 504, you've gotta come up with some pretty strict guardrails because again, the SBA isn't handing out loans for investment projects. So if you're gonna be selling this thing, that's fine. If you're going to be leasing it out and you have an SBA 504, you're gonna be going into technical default, which is, it sound, it's nowhere near as bad as it sounds, but you guys are gonna to wanna to have that. You know, imagine you're the gym owner partner and you put in a um, hundred grand and you had a cash partner, he put in a hundred grand and that 200 grand is what got you guys like a $1.7 million building, okay? You guys are 50-50 in equity, maybe you're 50-50 managerially, right? You gotta create a, a rule. What happens if we vote and we split the, the, the votes a tie? Well, you gotta have a mediator, which will probably be you know, from one of the law offices that you use to create the SOA. But ultimately, what you wanna be thinking of is like, what are the guardrails? So like if the gym owner is like, you guys are seven years in and the gym owner's like loving it and making money with his gym in there, but the amount of rent he's paying is no longer market rate. What if the market rate is significantly higher and your other your business partner says, hey man, I, I know you got a thing going on here with the gym and I know this is what we originally did, but bro, you do realize that you're currently paying $7,000 a month in rent. And if we put this on the market right now, we could be getting 21. Like we could split 21 and whatever and after taxes, maybe we each take it, we're each taking home seven or eight Gs a month passive. Is that something you want to talk about? But if you had guardrails, like okay, we can you know we can discuss a lease when someone makes an offer that is X amount times our mortgage or whatever. And again, the lawyer you hire, the law firm you hire, will walk you through this entire process. Okay. Um, but anyway, so but like that's the heaviest lift when you're starting if you want to have a partnership on the real estate side. Okay. Afterwards, I'll tell you this: it's it's kind of fucking cake. Right, you know, me and my business partner, we don't really uh, have a lot of shit to argue about. Who's getting the landscaping maintenance? Right, we just had to drop forty grand um, on a roof. Right, our roof, you know, we're looking at it like a fuck. We're only going to get a couple years out of this thing, um, even if we patch it and whatever we do it the cheap way. Let's just do it the you know the more expensive way. Put a good fucking roof on there because we plan on keeping this thing leased out for at least you know ten years. So, you know, like there's that decision and who's the vendor we're going to hire for that. So we're kind of having to get quotes from people, but God, it's not as fucking hectic as a lot of you might be thinking with like a gym, like partnerships in a service-based business are so fucking emotional. They're so touchy, way more shit for you to get pissy with and way more fluctuating ups and downs. That's ultimately, when you look at partnerships, guys, a lot of the reasons that they go south, number one, the amount that you guys are taking home is A, not consistent, and B, not enough. 
Well, guess what? In the real estate world, I know exactly what I'm taking home every month and it will be consistent for as long as that tenant doesn't go out of business, right? It's an equal amount and it's fucking consistent. So we're not, there's no stress there on my partnership on the real estate side. Now, also on the gym side, think of like, oh, well, I think the programming should be this, or I think the blah, blah, blah should be that, or I like it this way. You like, again, it's a fucking real estate company. What is there to fucking discuss, right? What kind of shrubs you have in the front, right? Like who you're going to have remove the snow and the ice during the winter. There's really nothing to discuss at that point. So any of you guys that are you know concerned about partnerships, I would tell you it is better for you to own 50-50 or health, 30, 70, or whatever the split would be of a building than to own 0% of a building. And that's just the fucking truth. This is, as you all know, and again, I have yet to find a single person who can defeat my argument or my platform on this, that buying real estate is the fastest, most efficient, and one of the only routes to wealth and retirement if you own a gym. That's it. Otherwise, you were just going to try to make it year after year after year and see, oh, I hope I do better next year. I hope I do better next year. And eventually, at some point, you tap out. Right? But if you have a long-term plan in place, then all that fucking hard work has an end state. You work your dick off. You save the money. You buy the building. You work your dick off. Right? You invest the money back into your real estate company through your rent and you wait for the offer to come one day, which it will, it fucking will. Even right now, everyone's like, ah, oh, recession, man, you know like fucking everything, like the market bounces back on average like 250 points after a recession. Like, like fuck, man, this is gonna be a blip in time. I'm recording this on June uh, 22nd right now, and I, listen, I don't give like a lot of personal financial uh, advice on that front when it comes to investments, it's not my world. But like to hear people like, oh, recession, oh my God. Like, bro, like, do you remember the 08 recession? Like, it's a blip in time. And the fitness industry, by the way, grew by 2.2% in 09. So, yeah, in 08 to 09. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to hear this fucking recession bullshit talk. Um, sure, it's going to happen, but who gives a fuck? That every market has to, there's always got to be a downtick every, you know, 12 year cycle, 14 year cycle. It has to happen. It's called self-correction, kids. Like, stop freaking out about this shit. Anyway, I'm going to kind of wrap this up. But again, if you're considering real estate, I would tell you to get a partner. Now, if you're curious as to where you could find one, again, you should have a good idea as to who's in your membership. And if you know of anyone who's already invested in commercial real estate, you might be able to have a conversation with them. You could start it off as kind of a, a fact-finding mission, asking, you know, hey, I want to get into this. What advice could you let me? And maybe they present the idea. If it's like my scenario, me and my business partner, Ed, dude, we didn't have, we didn't know dick about shit. What's that line from Ozarks? I don't know shit about fuck, right? That was, that was literally us, man. We didn't know anything. Like, he had done residential. He owned several homes, and he didn't own them like in like, he wasn't trying to be a flipper or anything like that. He just, the dude had owned multiple homes, and he never sold them. He always kept them, and um, and that was it, though. And then there's me, and I'm just like self-teaching myself watching YouTube and like public access TV, watching rezoning hearings and hearing, you know, terms and names and looking them up on Google. So you just have this, you know, the blind leading the blind here. 
So what Ed to me was cash. I had my amount and I needed probably double it. He had his amount and he needed double it. But he also needed me for an SBA 504 because the SBA 504 loan only requires you to put 10% down. And that's the beauty of this thing is that without the small business owner, you can't get an SBA 504. So there may be investors out there who like the idea of not having to come out of pocket a ton of cash during a recession and they want the, the cheaper financing option, the cheaper down payment. Because a traditional could be you know 30% for a down payment versus a 504, which is 10. So you could have an investor be like, fuck, this kid holds the keys to the kingdom on this 504 thing, but I've got cash that they don't have. Now, if you're in a scenario where you're like, yeah, well, how does that work? What if I have zero cash, Stu? Like, I really haven't done my due diligence. I, I've, I've been kind of a fucktard. I have not, not saved up. I haven't done any future planning. And now I just realized that I heard your podcast and I heard what you did and this seems like the way, but I haven't done anything to plan for this. Well, there, there's still options for you. I've literally put together three deals this year in which the owner is going to not be a cash partner per se. They're not putting any cash into the initial deal. The cash that they're putting in is going to be through the mortgage slash rent. So let's say the mortgage to the building is $4,500 and the owner was paying $6,500. Well, the owner is going to continue to pay $6,500 because obviously they can afford to pay that. And he will start off with some equity. Right? Why? Because he, again, he was the origin of procurement on the 504 loan. Even though he hasn't put any cash in, there's a value to that. And we're going to go ahead and look at this $2,000 overrun every month. And it's really not $2,000 because he's 50-50 in the business. So he's putting an extra $2,000 in. Again, the mortgage is forty-five. dollars I want to say mortgage and insurance and tax. We'll say all in is fucking $4,500. He's putting in $6,500. Well, that's the profit of the real estate company. So now there's $1,000 for partner one and $1,000 for partner two, the gym owner. So for every 2,000 he pays, he's really only paying 1,000. Does that make sense? Again, if it doesn't, we need to get on a call to jam on this because you want to talk about how to you know, dial this up for you, let me know. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there, there's options and then we, he gets vested at, at increasing tiers of ownership over time, right? So again, if he's putting in 2K every month, into the real estate company at the end of one year, he's at 24. At the end of two years, he's at 48. You guys know how this math works, okay? So we can do, a, he can increase the amount that he increases his actual equity over the years, and then they have a tiered system or a, tier, a guardrail installed. Well, when can we lease it out, right? When can we sell it? And again, and now that's kind of, you know, with all these different numbers where things get a little confusing, that's why you're going to want someone to sit down and help you out with it. But yes, if you have zero dollars and you find a real estate investor who wants to buy a building with you because they want the 504 loan, which they can't get, and they want a tenant in there for a period, like a, like a guaranteed tenant, great. You got to understand investors buy these buildings, typically they'll buy them on spec. Hey, that warehouse looks like it'll be a great brewery, gym, fucking distribution center, whatever. I'm going to buy it. Now I got to fix it up. 
but I don't know who's going to want it. So all this fixing, I'm going to do as minimal fix up you know, upfit as I can because I'm not sure who the tenant's going to be. All right, now I got it on the market for eight months, 12 months, 19 months. Okay, finally got a tenant. But now I got to put money into it because that tenant needs this, that, and the other thing. It's called tenant improvement dollars. You guys got to understand, like, it, it, there's a lot that goes into owning real estate at that level before you get the tenant. Like, investing in real estate is not a fucking plug and play thing. Once you've got your tenant and you've got a locked in quality lease, you've got a personal guarantee in there, all that good shit, you've got a reputable tenant, yeah, th- then shit's really fucking cool. And I can attest to that first goddamn hand. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful for you. If you've got any questions, remember, you can reach me. Uh, go to the Jim Real Estate's Instagram account, at Jim Real Estate, and um, at Jim Real Estate Co., and, uh, and shoot me a DM, and I'd be more than happy to hop on a call and discuss what you got going on. All right, guys, until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.